Okay, so okay, so episode eighteen, we're live. Um, we were just talking about. I just sold a thousand pair of hater blockers since last week. <laughs> they don't exist. You just tell me how fat my face is. No. You should sit over here so we. All can right, see so it from we your had to adjust. We had to adjust the cameras this week, guys, because Matt's face was a little large in the last episode. <laughs> Seventeen. What a dick you are. So. That's he called so my new year. nick my new nickname is the prophecy because I text Matt every morning. <laughs> you no matter what, I don't ask any other questions. <laughs> See, are you fucking broke. <laughs> every morning I wake up to hey, what's going on? Today? How fucking broke are you today? <laughs> So he'll text me and said, "Hey, podcast at 10. I said, "You're broke." <laughs> All right, so so episode eighteen. I can't believe we're on eighteen episodes already. Uh, it is our last episode of two thousand twenty-one, which is absolutely crazy. We're supposed to be flying in like jets and uh, ships or whatever no, now, we're cars. Fucking, we're and, broke. Yeah, we can't afford anything. I so, was going to get a Greyhound. If you remember, all the all the movies used to have like two thousand twenty as like futuristic everything. Yeah, think of. Back to the Future, it was something like that. It's a year 2012. Yeah. I forgot what year it was in that, where they got flying cars, and I'm like, man, we didn't advance <laughs> at all. It's nothing, right? I mean, no. we're still fighting electric cars and gasoline prices and I everything know, you else. still got cars that get three miles per I know, gallon. but that's okay, because we don't look at the that's gas. That's you're broke. Yeah, we don't look at the gas. So, um, What'd you do for Christmas? Christmas. I uh, went to Jersey. Went to that? Jersey to see Angie's family. Didn't go home. So normally, what, uh, my routine is I go home for Thanksgiving to Mass, mm-hmm. spend time with my family. But a lot of people had so the COVID test, uh, so I was kind of a little uh, uh, turned off by that. So I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to travel Thanksgiving. We looked for a sushi place. We talked about that. And we couldn't find one. She went back to her family. But uh, for Christmas. Uh, I went to New Jersey. Uh, we stayed at her sister's, and then we actually spent two nights in the city, which How was, was kind of cool. I mean, it's not what it used to be. So New York is different. I mean, I'm okay with the masks and the vaccine cards and all that stuff. Like, that, that's understandable. But yeah. it's definitely, like, looking around, there's a lot of places that close. Like a Starbucks we used to go to when we went to the tree. We actually went to see the tree one night. Uh, right where we used to buy hot chocolate right there was closed. I mean, that just goes to show. I mean, that's probably one of the busier Starbucks yeah. at that time. Uh, we did a horse horse carriage ride through Central Park. What was cool is, um, we talk about this a lot, is the cool Christmas stuff. Uh, we got to see the Home Alone scenes where, you know, I just watched the movie. I Home Alone too. Yeah, I don't know if I told you. I went, so they had like this outdoor rooftop. Like they, they made this whole top of this parking structure in downtown Vegas and they put up a big movie screen. So it was like outdoors. They put big bean bags. Okay. And you brought blankets and you could, you know, you could bring your food or whatever. Yep. And they were showing Christmas movies. And one of them was Home Alone 2. And it was the one where they went to New York. So I just got to watch that. So it was like, it was kind of still in my mind fresh. When we went there, we got to see um, the Plaza Hotel where, you know, Home Alone was filmed. And then obviously mm-hmm. the scenes like in Central Park where, you know the birds were the bird woman was there, and then the sky yeah. skating rink and Did all. Did they that. have like a like something set up to actually show no, you? No, they didn't. But when I we did the horse and buggy thing, mm-hmm. um, which was about twenty minutes, and it goes through the outskirts of Central Park, uh, he kind of said, "Okay, this is where this movie was filmed." That movie, there was a couple other ones like 
uh, serendipity or something was filmed. Like he told about, but he mentioned Home Alone quite a few times. Yeah, that's where the scene of this or that. So it was kind of cool, and it did get to flurry a little bit as we were doing that. So it kind of set the scene a little bit. But for me, growing up on the East Coast, and I'm sure a lot of our viewers or listeners um, would agree, and you would, Christmas isn't the same unless it snows. In my opinion, of course. It, like I used to love our snowy Christmases. It was always like that. I up until I was maybe. I was in Florida, and then we moved to Wisconsin, and it was always snowy there. You know, it's just it's just all part of it. You look yeah, you kind of we always wished for a white Christmas. Yeah. I don't and, know, I don't know where that came from, but it just always seemed better. You know, you look out the window, and like you just you, you crack the windows, and cool breeze comes through, and you watch. You know, f- sit by the fireplace with the tree. But maybe it's, just, it's me. I mean, being my age now, but I kind of remember as a child. It was it was snowing for every single Christmas, but for the past twenty years, it seems like it's never happened. No, I had um, maybe th- four out of the last six or seven years I was back in Wisconsin during uh, Christmas. One of the years we didn't get snow until January, like yeah, none. And it was later. like in the sixties in the early December. It's just something. It's a lot different. But it was all we used to always have snow on the ground by Thanksgiving, and then it was just snowy until March. And on Christmas, it would always, you know, on a Christmas day, if you had the big, huge flakes coming down, it just made it feel better. Yeah, but, and and we, you know, we opened gifts, like, pretty late, like, in the afternoon. Like, her family yeah. came around 3 o'clock on Christmas. But I know when it was with my family and being younger, growing up, like, we were up at, like, 6 o'clock opening <laughs> gifts. Racing like, we couldn't wait, like, because that was so exciting. And we always talk about the Christmas for kids stuff. Um, I mean, having seven children you know, the total in my family, including myself. I'm picturing you right now in that little bunny thing from Christmas yeah, Story yeah. with some big glasses on running downstairs with a Red Rider. Never wore glasses, but I wore like the <laughs> the singlets, the um, onesies. The onesies, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it was cool. We got to stay at uh, this Soho Grand Hotel. So we stayed in like Soho area. Went to a pretty cool restaurant, went to some Mexican food one night, um, you know, just kind of did a little bit of the tourist stuff. We didn't shop. But it was cool, and she got some time with her family, you know, and visit, which I only see them usually once a year. Um, and then we came home and back to business, you know, uh, you know, and then we'll kind of recap 2021 since we're kind of here at the end. And um, I know we jotted a th- few things down. Let's talk about uh, a couple of these. Uh, some of the biggest stories. I think one of the bigger stories is a lot of a lot of the deaths. That I hate talking about that. Though. I do too, and and I, I'm hoping that 2022 isn't the same. And you know, I know everyone has their opinions on why this is happening, and I don't know the different people that passed. None of us really know what the reasons were, but it w- it just seemed to be a lot, a lot this year, and a lot of big names. Yeah, the most notable, um, obviously, that are closer to us are Sean Roden, which Sean Roden, uh, John Meadows, who I shot content with like right before it like happened, a week before, yeah, it, two yeah. weeks before with yeah. both of them, and then George, George Peterson, Peterson uh, at the Olympia yeah. weekend. You know, and we've had, like, Matt Menenhalls and, I mean, Chris Dickerson, who was, like, my idol when I first started. I always mention at 12, I picked up a magazine with Chris Dickerson, and that's who yeah. he's passed since then. I mean, even, like, John Madden passed the other day, right? Yeah, I just I, I, when I was driving uh, home from uh, eating the other night, I drove by the stadium and had a huge... Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously... Because John Madden, I mean, I don't care who you are. If you watch football, yeah. if John Madden was calling the game, it was a big game. Yeah. Like, he just, I don't know, it just seemed to... It just seemed a little different when he was calling the games. I don't think he has for a while, though. No, nah, I mean, but, you know, you've, of course, everyone knows Matt. The only thing I always remembered about him was he would not fly. 
Yep. He, he drove his to bus. Fly. Yeah. He had a tour bus yeah, everywhere night, yeah. he went. And even if he went to like the Pro Bowl, he took a cruise. He took a boat there. I wonder why he didn't fly. He said he was extremely claustrophobic. Okay. And he couldn't, and he, and he just, he just couldn't fly. There's a couple other people that are like that. DJ Khaled used to be like that. And Fat Joe was like that for many years. And I think, they I know Fat fly. Joe started flying. I mean, I listen, I don't like to fly. We talk about that a lot. I mean, the trip was very, I, I remember what I texted you or whatever. We spoke on the phone. I said, you know, it's just so easy for me to fly because of my status. You know, I got, yeah. Once again, 1K for next year for United. Yeah, you got grandfathered um, in. Yeah, I had so, to pay for it. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I think they, they didn't do it with everyone, though. We talked about that. Uh, you know, I have Clear. I have Global yep. TSA. And, you know, that status 1K allows us to get on that plane. Right through. Like, literally, you know, before first class, right? So, we board immediately. So, when I went to the airport, it wasn't as busy as I thought, but I'll tell you, coming home and going through Newark, the TSA line was probably 150 people deep. Yeah. And I had clear, bro, and I rolled right up, cut a rover, and I went right. There was no one in clear, and I went right forward. It's worth it. it, it I think clear is like so, 179 but we get it for free. So if how do we get it free? You can get it free through Amex 1K. Platinum or 1K. Yeah. Either one. So... So our viewers or listeners get your clear yes. because everyone has TSA now. Yes. And with travel the way it is and you guys wanting to get through a little quicker, remember you don't have to take your shoes off with the TSA line. Uh, they're, you know, the, the laptops don't have to come out, right? Nope, nope. You know, in the week before I flew to Florida for nationals and I remember texting you, I was thinking, man, I flew out at like two in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, it's going to be nothing here. It was absolutely packed even the even the clear line had at least 15 people in front of me wow i've never seen it like that. it was so, it was a madhouse i'm thinking why is it so nuts it's two o'clock on a random thursday but for whatever reason it was it was crazy but did you have any problems with the flights no it was great flew united there i went through i did a layover through chicago and then uh, landed in Philly, and then we ended up flying out of Newark. We rented a car. We re returned the rental car like two days early because there was no reason to have a car in the city. No. And rental cars are absolutely insane right now. Yeah. I mean, I think we paid $500 for like four days or something. It's, you know what? You could damn near Uber for that. Yeah. It's not even worth it. So we did spend a lot on Ubers, though, because we black car Ubered uh, just because, number one, we had, well, we had a ton of luggage because oh, yeah. we brought extra luggage yeah, yeah, because yeah. of gifts. So when we had gone to the airport from the rental car place and then back, you know, you needed like, a, I think we had a van or something on the way back. So, yep. so it was good. Um, <clears throat> so we talked about the deaths a little bit, um, which is very unfortunate. Uh, I want to talk about probably the highlight of uh, bodybuilding fitness um, is the rookie. I don't know if we kind of call him a rookie, but it was like his performance first, of. It was his first full season, year right? Because he turned pro. And he did one show after he turned pro, mm -hmm. and then coming into 2021, that was his rookie season. I don't count the season before because, you know, if you just turn pro and you jump into a yeah. show, the odds of doing well aren't, you know, so it was his All right, so season. Nick Walker. Nick Walker is definitely our our uh, superstar. The, yeah. He's the MVP of yes. uh, bodybuilding, fitness. I think in all divisions across the board, when's the last time, can you remember, where somebody turned pro in their first year, they win the New York Pro, which is the third most prestigious show in the world. They win the Arnold, and then they get top five at the Olympia. Arguably, he, I, in my opinion, I thought he should have been fourth. Yeah. But 
when's the last, I think the only other person I can think of that did that crazy right out the gate, I think Flex Wheeler won the Arnold his rookie year. Mm-hmm. I know Dorian Yates won the New York Pro, and then he got, didn't he get second, second at, at the, the Olympia? Olympia? Yeah. He didn't win the Arnold, but. Yeah, he never did the Arnold. And then you said Mike Francois had won. Mike Francois won the Night Champions his first year. Then he went to the Arnold and won that the next year. But it wasn't the same. And then year. he finished seventh at the Olympia. Okay. So Nick is on on path in the same direction as like, you know, between and listen, Phil Heath. I mean, he didn't compete the year he turned pro. Um, he waited, he qualified, but he didn't, you know, he won everything, but then he went to his first Olympian got third. So that first Olympia was three years after he turned. Yes. Yes. And he was, and it was, I I don't know what his age was comparable to Walker's, but listen, I I always said Walker has a lot of shape. Um, you know, listen, they talk about his torso, you know, the, a little being a little lengthy and I know his waist isn't the smallest, but the crazy arms and like he and his back double is just out of this world. I mean, definitely needs to work on the legs a little bit, the pecs, uh, but the arms are just world-class. He is just going to be, he's just going to be keep climbing. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see what he's going to, what he can do in this off season. Cause from the looks of it, he's not doing any shows until the Olympia. Yeah, he actually, I, I was surprised because he actually, you can tell he's full now. You know what I mean? He's, he's the house. Yeah, he's big and he's not as hard. So that's really good that he's letting his body, you know, adjust a little bit. And I mean, I've only seen him since he turned pro and he was Do you think it was a mistake, shape. him not doing the Arnold? <sighs> Listen, I never want to speak on anyone's personal versus professional uh, decisions. Um, I don't, I think he would have won it. You know, it's a lot of money, man. And I, I just hate to, you know, I know he needed a break. Yeah. And, you know, I just don't know going to the Olympia, like, can he move up? I know he says he's going to win or whatever else, but like. He's got some, some mountains to climb. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, to, to be in top five, you know, it's, it's just very difficult unless you make leaps and bounds and maybe that's what he plans on doing. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to second guess what his decision is because he. He shocked everyone, you know, yeah. even I did expect him to do well. Uh, I, I I was there. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think his condition would have put him over some some of the other places. I thought he should have been in fourth. That's just yeah. my opinion. So uh, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. It's it's tough. It's to, a little soon, you know. It's it's at that age, it's tough to turn down that type of potential paycheck. You're a professional bodybuilder, but I would assume he knows his body. And in order for him to turn that down, there must be a reason that he's saying, hey, I need a break. I know this is great money, but he's probably planning on being around for another 10, 15 years. So he'll have other opportunities to make that. Yeah. And listen, Hunter, you know, coming forth, that was pretty huge achievement, too. Yeah, it was. I mean, he's on like a crazy trend, too. I mean, some of these new guys, like it's overshadowing like the William Bonnix and I mean, Bonnick would even sixth, even Big Rami, like. You know, it was very close between him and Brandon, and Brandon's consistency is great too. But um, and listen, I'm I'm talking open bodybuilding here because that's what I I follow close. I mean, listen, Chris Bumstead made a great statement too. I mean, we yeah. kind of it's like it was expected, so maybe his achievement wasn't so large. I don't think his was as large because he had already won two. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you want another one? You're the most superior guy. But Nick just came out of nowhere. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are excited for Nick because he just has the right personality and just yeah, like. You can, you know, he just works his ass off. I admire that about him, and he shows it. I mean, yeah. he's done a great, great job. So, um, 
All right, what else? Uh, supplement. Uh, Let's talk about the supply chain, like the yeah. issues that are going on with that. Yeah, so I, I had a call with my manufacturer yesterday because I'm launching this new high stem Prevail version two, mm-hmm. uh, which I have nitrates in there, and it's just more caffeine and you know a lot more. Is it gonna make me smell like the last? No, one? it's 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 really good though. Uh, a lot of focus, you know, has all the all the uh, you know everything in a pre workout you would want. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm finalizing it, just okay. trying to get the flavors correct. But I talked to him about lids because lids was an issue. Plastics, um, creatine, obviously that you know citrulline prices are through the roof. Uh, you know, a lot of people are adjusting what they sell based on what inventory is available. Um, as we know, containers are crazy. I mean, we talk about the cars and other things. Let's not even, let's supplements are a whole other thing. But just the containers, because all these these containers, you know, basically, you know, came over and what's going back from the United States. You Nothing. talk about this a lot. Well, what do we sell? To, the, the, to, the problem is in America, we don't produce shit yeah, anymore. Yeah. We just don't. So when all these containers are coming in, whether it's from China or South Korea, Japan, or in the, you know, a lot of stuff comes out of Vietnam, Taiwan, Thailand. When these containers come over, there's a certain cost to get them here. For many years throughout our country's history, they would come over and then we would fill those containers up with our goods and we'd sell them back. So we had a good, you know, Mm -hmm. supply chain going back and forth trade. Well, now what's happening is these containers are coming here and we don't produce anything. We have nothing that they want. So now... We have, you have to pay that cost for them to come here. They budget in to get them back to refill them up. So what's happening is everything's doubled up. So I'm, I'm assuming if you get something from overseas to where, let's say a container used to be, like I remember when I was young, I'd help my uncle figure them out, and it was like $2,000 to have a 40-foot container come across. Now I'm at 10, 15, 20 grand, depending on where it's coming from. Yeah, I mean, listen, even trucking, I mean, when I was paying, you know, 3000 a ship protein across the country, it's costing me, you know, eight grand now. So the containers so are, are, are you taking that hit or are you slight? No, I'm not. I'm not pushing it to the consumer. I mean, I'm just kind of taking, uh, you know, I'm not really, I'm hoping that it adjusts correctly, if that makes sense. Uh, but, I mean, it's going to drive up pricing altogether. I talked about the protein issue. Like, I went out and sourced my own protein. So, normally, like, if I manufacture protein, you know, the manufacturer has the protein on hand. Uh, it's allocated to, you know, my brand. But I actually sourced, and, and I'm actually shipping my my protein that I sourced. But, you know, I laid out over half a million dollars for protein. Yeah. Uh, so, it's like... It, it the price is crazy. What do you, what do you think? And, and this is just a random prediction, and I don't know if, if you'll even know the answer for this. How many brands do you think can't weather this type of storm where they where they don't have a big enough uh, uh, customer base where they're selling a certain amount to make up for the money, or they don't have you know you you can you can be a multi million dollar company, you can be a hundred million dollar company and still have cash flow issues. How many companies do you think are gonna not weather the storm because they don't have the capital yeah. to put up half a million. I, like I, well, I think, you know, listen, I, when we talk about proteins, like when I started my supplement company, I, I didn't launch the protein. Like that wasn't my first thing. It was like, okay, Mino's the pre-workout, right? Cause it's a little cheaper to manufacture and the margins are much better. Right. And it takes a small amount of space in your. Warehouse. Yes. And you know, you can stock shelves, whether you're selling to retail or whatever yeah. else. Um, shipping is a big issue. Um, that you have with protein now. Like when I ship direct to consumer, my business is Amazon direct to consumer. So, you know, the cost of shipping obviously to the consumer now is more expensive. So I need to try to figure out, okay, number one, do the volume, but number two, 
you have to basically look at, okay, these are products I offer. So if I'm a smaller company starting off, I'm going to focus on the SKUs that, you know, whether it's capsules that are cheaper to make than some of the powders or whatever else, uh, I'm going to look at ingredients and say, okay, how can I build this company and get a rhythm going with the consumer and then eventually, you know, build off of that. And I fortunately started my company a year before COVID, right? So I was able to, you know, kind of get some traction and now it's continued to grow. And, you know, we, yeah. we've broken records every single year, you know, in 2021, I'll do more revenue than I did in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, every year it's, it's gone up. Although like the supply chain is a little tighter, we've trying to, we've tried to stay ahead of that. And that's why I mentioned like sourcing protein, like I'm way ahead on certain things and containers. Uh, I'm looking at doing some different things with packaging now. And you guys will see that coming up for Cutler Nutrition. Yes. I've sourced that now. Um, and, I remember uh, us talking about that at one of the meetings at one of the manufacturers. They're, they're mm-hmm. showing the different options. Yeah, so so I'm I'm aware of certain sizes that aren't available. Plastics are going up. Uh, we talked about this just before we came on about inflation and the cost of things. I mean, we could talk about the cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the first time ever, I'm selling cars and making money right now, um, which is almost impossible for for high end vehicles. I mean, yeah. I have like five cars on order right now, and uh, right now, hopefully, if it sustains, you know, I'll be able to turn these cars and make money. Uh, so you're not going to really run into that in a lifetime. But we also talk about what's the market going to do and what's the adjustment. I, you know, and and I just have a different opinion than a lot of people on this. Everyone thinks, oh, it's going to correct itself. I don't. I don't think certain markets aren't going to correct themselves. Not so soon. I mean, no. not so it's soon because the reason prices are going up is because the U.S. dollar, it's not that they're going, let me reframe that. It's not that the prices are going up or the value's going up. You need more dollars to buy it because we printed more currency in one year than, than it was like one, cur- in, in, the, in one year we printed 40% of the currency. It's from the history of this country from 1776 in one year. If you have more dollars in circulation, you need more dollars mm-hmm. to, to buy things. It makes them less valuable. So when you're buying a commodity, which protein is, when you're buying commodities, you're going to need, if, if inflation is 10%, you're going to need 10% more dollars to buy that. This isn't something that all of a sudden the currency is going to be worth more yeah. unless they destroy $5 trillion worth of the currency, but there's no way of detecting that. So it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Now, I mean, sure, maybe the housing market, you know, if they raise interest rates, the housing rate rates will come down. But certain things that we need. Now, listen, the, beef, cost, chicken, the cost to build a home it's isn't ridiculous. what it was. It's it's almost, uh, you know, half more than what it would cost you two years ago for supplies. I've been, you know, like you and I talk about this all the time. Yeah. I, want, I want to build a house or buy a house out here. And it, unless you're going to spend, in all honesty, if you want to build a house, unless you're going to spend a million dollars, you're not going to get like, you're not going to have a nice piece of land and a really nice house unless you spend a million dollars. Just to, just think about that. You know, three years ago in Vegas for a million dollars, you could buy a yeah. really, really well, when nice I moved house. Here, when I moved here, I paid three fifty for a mansion. And how much do you think that house is worth today? It's worth $1.5 So look at that, $1.5 And that no. house shouldn't be worth $1.5 No. You know, what was it, three, 4,000 square feet? It was uh, 3,300 feet. Yeah, and that's not crazy, yeah. but you wouldn't think that that would be $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, $1.5 million in most of America, you're getting a seven, 8,000 square foot, maybe on the water, mm-hmm. bunch of land, big, big, big house. That's a, still a nice house, but I don't think, I don't think this, this uh, 
supply chain uh, cost of certain things are going to correct now. So, I mean, I listen, my, my pre-workouts are more to make now. Uh, aminos have gone up, obviously fundamentals, which is my creatine leucine product of the cost of creatine has gone up, but I'm not, I'm not raising prices uh, currently. It's, it's stayed kind of the same. And, you know, obviously uh, I'm respectful so, to so, my cu- customers. So, so you don't have to, because one, you're a direct consumer mm-hmm. and you don't have crazy overhead. I like don't have overhead. Yeah. To where some of these companies, I do have overhead. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I have a twenty thousand foot warehouse, but it's like I said, it's stationed in Pennsylvania. Um, my staff is is limited, right? I have yep. certain people doing doing things, but uh, I don't have a huge huge staff. No, you don't. You don't have overhead like a lot of these mm-hmm. companies do. And sometimes I see different brands out there, and you know, you see people on social media, and you see what they're building or what they have and the things they buy and the, how big their staff is and the stuff that they upgrade. And then you just have to ask yourself like, man, if, if it gets a, if, if your numbers get a little bit tighter, you might wish you didn't do that mm-hmm. because it's not a necessity what you're doing. It's great to have, you know, a nice office and night, really super nice stuff, but it's not a necessity. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how many of these brands are going to be able to weather the storm. But yeah. What's really cool though. I do want to mention that prevail did reach page one on Amazon, which is a big, big achievement for me. It's got a ton of reviews on there, over 1,300 reviews, and it's going to do really, really well. So, all right, so what else um, uh, you want to talk about Arnold? No, you know, you know I, think, I think we should touch on it. It was a Screw big story freedom. of the year. With, you, know, the, you know, Arnold had a gaffe, and, and I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people took it out of context and really went after him. And I think it's... Uh, it was, it was a big story throughout the year. We didn't really touch on it much because neither of us really have a strong opinion about it either way. But I think... Uh, yeah, listen, I, I, my opinion is I live my life with zero restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like every, now everything's, everyone's sick right now, out of control. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it's I don't know what's right or wrong right now. I mean, I don't know what the testing is, if it's correct or... Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I don't. I don't uh, whatever somebody says, I'm just I, I sick. Care. I'm just sick of all the bullshit. But so with Arnold's thing, I mean, I think it was just taken out of context. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and jump on one side or the other. But yeah. um, listen, I wear a mask. Like I told you, I went to New York. I wore a mask when I had to. I'm not like listen. It is what it is. I flew on the plane with a mask. Do I want to do it? No. Am I avoiding travel because of the mask? Yes. Uh, do I think it does anything? No. Uh, everyone's still getting sick because of vaccine, you know, vaccine shots. It doesn't matter. I mean, they say, well, you don't get as sick. Like, listen, you know, I, I was sick already. I was very sick, but it's just like, people just have their opinion. And I don't think you should judge people on what their beliefs are or not. So I'm not going to get into that, but you know, I just think uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I think that everyone just needs to keep doing what they do, stay as healthy, work out, Stay active, uh, eat Take healthy. Yeah. Like eat, everyone eats like shit. So I mean, uh, let's talk you know a what, more about know, that. You know what? It, you know what it comes down to for me is you just have to choose your battles. In yeah, life. that's that's all. And I'm not going to get on there and just take one side or no. the other. And nope. I'm not going to judge people on it. I'm just going to keep I'm, moving. I am going to block out the shit that I don't want to listen to. Hater blockers. On. That's it. Yeah, hater blockers. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So uh, wellness popularity, the wellness division. The wellness division to me, it just kind of. This year, it kind of took the industry by storm. And, you know, usually when you see a new division, you know, there'll be some interest in it and whatnot. But 
when I was at the Olympia this year, like I mentioned in one of our past podcasts, I had to take Liz Conley to the to the stage because she was giving out the award to whoever won the Olympia because Trifecta is a title sponsor. In the sea of people that was around that stage, it reminded me of the Arnold when the strongmen were up there. There were in the thousands years, of yeah. yeah, thousands and thousands of people holding up, filming, and it was just it was hard to get her through the crowd to the stage. It doesn't happen like that for other divisions. Mm-hmm. And this is only the first year. So my question is, what happens year in and year out? How big does it get now that it's a legit uh, it's a legit class? It's here. It's here to stay. And, you know, we'll see. When is wellness on for the Arnold Classic? Was it on Friday or Saturday? I don't know exactly, okay. but, but it's, it's going to be one of the more. And who's competing at the Arnold Wellness? All the top girls except the reigning Miss Olympia. Okay. She's not. What's her name? Fran, France, Francine. She's from Brazil, right? Yep, she's from Brazil. So our uh, girl, uh, Yurishna. That's Yurishna. Who, yep, she's, I manage Yurishna. She, she's, she's exciting to... Uh, she's uh, she's going to be doing the, the Arnold. And, okay. You know, I anticipate her to do very, very, very well. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Olympia stage. So we want to talk about the setup on the Olympia stage. It, it blew away even the years prior, right? I thought that was just... Like this year, I just thought it was... a. Uh, it was something to highlight. You know, I remember when we walked in, go, walking towards the front, it just, it made me feel like I was walking into a massive concert that you paid hundreds and hundreds of dollars for to go see this massive stage at an arena. And it felt, it didn't feel like a, like a bodybuilding show. It felt like you were going. It was loud in. as hell. I know that. Oh, it was, it was and you little, could feel it in your heart. The, yeah, the it was a little, little too front. loud, some of the music. But, but overall, I thought it was just, it was something, it was some, it was a sight to see. Yeah, I'm just glad. I'll be honest. Like the last couple of years, with it moving last minute to Orlando, and you know, it coming back to Vegas now in a new. I know that the uh, the Zappos, Zappos is supposed to be unbelievable. I'm really glad I competed when it was at Mandalay and at or- yeah. the Orleans because we kind of knew there wasn't this. Is it going to happen? Is it going to be delayed? Is it going to you know? It was just so easy because my prep was was like uninterrupted does that make yeah, sense of course and with the arnold like i knew every everything was routine so there was if they no... switch it around i know it doesn't seem like a big deal to people but if you have your schedule and all of a sudden you have to get a new place to stay yeah. when you're used to staying in your house you gotta figure out where am i gonna stay where are my people gonna stay how am i gonna fly there is there a yeah. direct flight like that's it's a lot like of it's like masks and you know just like yeah. How, how is it going to affect, like, am I going to be able to get food as easily? Like, what restaurants are going to be open? What, you know, where when, can when grocery stores? When you used to do the Arnold, how, how, how far out in front would you fly in? Uh, the event was on Saturday. Saturday. I would fly in on Monday. So you'd always get there a week. Yeah. Did you, do, did you like, retain a lot of water from No, flying? no, I didn't. But I just like to get acclimated and just be in my Feel rhythm. Like yeah. And, you know, Lloyd would pick me up and take me to the supermarket or whatever. And we didn't, like, back then there was no Uber. So, like, you got rides. John Meadows drove me one year. Uh, and then, you know, I would find a gym. Usually I trained at, like, the world gym there was, I think, Lorma owned it or something. Yeah. I went there and I trained. But it was just it was just much easier. But the last week I was just kind of messing around with weights. It wasn't like it was a big thing. So oh. uh, I just like to get acclimated and be settled. It's like, like when I came to Olympia every year when I lived in California, like I remember planting myself at Mandalay Bay back in, you know, 99, 2000, 2001. Like I came out for Sunday. So I would get there Sunday and the show was, you know, the Friday, Saturday. It would be, it was Saturday. I think we did a one day show there. So you actually stayed there the whole week? Yeah, I stayed a whole week. And I remember Chris Cicito and I going looking at real estate, like 
during the week before the Olympia. Like I remember going out to the Tropicana before it got to 215. So you drive out Tropicana, mm-hmm. the 215 didn't exist. It just ended. Oh, and we looked at homes. We looked at Spanish Hills and all that. Yeah. And I remember Chris and I were looking at homes like, man, look at this, you know, back in 01, like before that Olympia. And that's when I kind of got started to get my wheels turning. And then I came to visit, you know, Trevor and Nancy Smith at the time, after, you know, around when I was prepping for the Arnold in 2002. And that's when I'm like, shoot, I, I want to move here, you know. Uh, all right. So uh, what else? New Year's, New Year's in Vegas. What are you going to do? I have dinner plans tonight. I'm going to go eat Italian, just kind of chill out. But, man, I've had some great times of New Year's in Las Ex- Vegas. Explain to people that have never been to Las Vegas. Well, they shut the strip years. down. And it's then not they set like the, normal. They set the fireworks off at midnight. Where do they set the fireworks, Jay? They used to do all the hotels. Yeah, so they used to do every hotel would go off. On the roof? Yeah, so they picked like six or seven hotels, and they used to do so. That was back before the craziness. I don't know who has scheduled fireworks this year, but uh, I've stayed on the strip. I mean, I lived on. You have it. to. I lived yeah. on. I lived at the Mandarin at one point, but I stayed at Cosmo. Um, I've stayed all over the place, and we've had a, a, even the first year. I think Angie and I were together. We stayed on the strip um, at the Waldorf Astoria, which is the, the Mandarin. We stayed there in a, in a hotel and. It was a blast, you know, but they closed the strip. So we ate at, like at STK. So yeah. where we went the other night with Dan, mm-hmm. uh, we went to STK. We had, they had a set menu, which I hate the set menus. That's what drives me crazy. So when we made reservations for tonight, I said, oh, do you guys have a set menu? They said, no. I said, perfect, because I'm not going to eat at a set menu restaurant. Uh, so they closed the strip off. People are walking. I forget what the number is, they say, of people walking. Do you know what the number, Jay? How many people it's go to lot. Vegas? It's stupid. Uh so they, they close and they just have police everywhere and people go crazy. He's going to look it up right now. See, I never, I never, I used to come out here for work in the late 2000s yeah. and I'd fly back and forth. So I never knew the strip was closed like that because we would fly in, we would stay at the hotel and then the hotel we were staying at, we would, we would have a, a nightclub that we were working at. So we never ventured out anywhere. See so, that? 300,000 300, people. That's, yeah, that's. 300, fucking 299,000 more than I want oh, to be Almost as many that attend the Mr. Olympia contest. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like, so the first time I ever went there, like not staying there for work, I drove up and one of my friends like, hey, come visit. And I was like, all right, shit, I got nothing else going on. And I had to park at the Palms. Yeah. Well, that particular year, it was like 25 degrees. And I didn't think anything yeah. of it. So I just put on a flannel and just with a t-shirt and went. And I started walking, and you don't realize how far it is until you have to walk it. So you have to walk and go up over the, the freeway. And then she was down at City Center. And That's you don't lived, real, yeah. dude, yeah. you don't realize how far that is. It took me 45 minutes, but once you get on the strip, you can't just walk. You're stepping around yeah. people, and there's cans all over the place, and it's just, it's mayhem. And I want nothing to do with that disaster. Yeah, it's funny because I've done the pole party thing. I've gone to the clubs, the Dre's after hours, ended up at the Spearmint Rhino at 7 in the morning. Crazy. What a mess you are. No, it was great, man. It was fun times. Why don't you do it this year? Nah, man. It's, it's, I'm, I'm a little more chill now. I, I kind of, you know, as you get a little older, you, you get a little wiser, right? So yeah. it's funny. I, I went around yesterday, so I was at, you know, I went to Atomics and I went to the print shop. 
And I was just out and about, like stopping by a different place. I'm like, so what's the plan for New Year's? And not not one person said they were doing anything. No. Everyone's like, I'm just going to chill. Family, we're staying home. But it seems like, man, like not as many people. So when, when we look it up and it says 300,000 people, it's like, I know a couple of people that are flying into Vegas to, to come for New Year's because everyone's question is, is what's it like in Vegas? And I just say everyone, it's normal, even yes. though I don't know, I guess masks. They have mask mandate, but they don't enforce it. Yeah, like you go in the club, maybe you have to wear it as you're walking in, but no one in the club even is when I, Even when you walk in a casino now, they'll say, hey, where's your mask? I'm like, it's in my car, and you just yeah, keep walking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they if don't say don't, anything. If you don't stop, they don't say much. No. But, you know, like I said, if that's the end of the world, then but it's like yeah. they're not asking for vaccine cards. They're not... Um, obviously, limit limitations. They're not doing like um, uh, capacity limits, mm-hmm. so I'm sure Miami and Vegas are still like the two hot spots. I'm sure Scottsdale, a certain New York City. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on, but uh, it's uh, it's going to be a chill one for us. But I'm really excited for 2022. I just posted up yesterday thanking everyone on Instagram that follows me, and you know everyone kind of sets their plans forward and and as you know I'm working on a lot of online training and whatnot so I have this big challenge that starts on January 31st like 6 months um to the best physique change to uh come fly to Vegas and spend time and be on the um Jay Cutler TV and all that so I'm really looking forward to you know just really kicking off and motivating more people more than ever because like we said we you know we don't have a ton of expos booked even though I'm sure stuff will pop up yeah. uh but I'm really excited to do more stuff online. You know, this podcast, we're almost to 20 episodes, which is absolutely crazy. And yeah. we've been, you know, we've might have missed a week here, um, but we've been really consistent. I want to thank you for making sure, hey, we, we have to get this film. And, of course, Jay, for, for making time to come over and do this. And, uh, you know, for the most important, the fans and the, the people that are following online, the supporters that are giving us the questions and commenting uh, keeping us, uh, you know, active with it because they've shown a lot of interest. You just said our stats are really, really solid. So, yeah. one thing you should mention too, going into twenty twenty two, you're involved with the pro show. Yeah, the Boston Pro. Yeah. So that's going to be uh, the week, the after, week the, after the Arnold's. Yep. Okay. So, um, that's, I think it's cool that you're tied to a show in Boston where it all started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here we are, come full circle, and now you're. you're Tickets go on sale tomorrow, actually. At thebostonpro.com. So you guys can, uh, I'll, I'll have more information on Instagram, but it's a pro show. Uh, it is a week after the Arnold, so hopefully we're going to get a lot of spillover heads. Most, all, all the divisions that the Arnold has, basically. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'll be there present. I know Phil Heath is going. I know Ronnie Coleman's there. A uh, lot of lot of big faces that yep. will be active. So the, let's get to some questions, and then we'll wrap it up. All right. <clears throat> so the first question, with the world moving to network app type world like peacock and disney would bodybuilding network make sense and profit would jay cutler back this type of platform you know i don't know um i don't know much about like peacock or i don't know really know what i i didn't really do this is kind of a question i'm not real familiar with you know what so, that is so would it would it would it mean basically what he's he's saying is a lot of these networks now have an app yeah where you can watch it you can espn as an app yeah. and you can pay for services would bodybuilding do well if it had a similar thing where hey you can pay 39.99 or 10.99 a month in any pro I, shows you can watch I think it. it would do well but I think that I think that bodybuilding would need a little more substance other than just showing the straight competition like I think if they did like a like a Showtime or a 24/7 series where it shows the background of the individual just like UFC does like yeah when they when they highlight the fights, if you notice leading up to 
um, you know, like Dustin Poirier fight. They show the training and like, oh, these are the things that he Their does outside. The, yeah. yeah, like the wife, the wh- what kind of drives them and some some background on the people. Because listen, the, the average person coming in and just watching t- two guys go against each other and same thing with bodybuilding, like, like it, it needs to have a story behind it. So yeah. I think if bodybuilding, and listen, we always talk about content is everything and consistency with that content yes. is everything. That's t- hence why I just mentioned the podcast, staying on it. You have to stay constant with everything in life, whether it's relationships, whether it's your diet, whether it's your training, whether it's your work schedule, whether it's your school, everything. You have to stay consistent. That's people's hardest obstacle. So when when I say, you know, content, it needs to be consistent content that relates to that person other than just slapping up, hey, here's a competition. There's no background to it. Like when they told the Arnold story in Pumping Iron, it had a whole background to it, yeah. even though... Some of it might not have been 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of, you know, it's a movie, right? Yeah. I still think there needs to be background to these athletes to build that interest, and that's how you build the fan base, and that's how you build interest. Yeah. So I it agree. takes production value. So, yes, I would 100% back it. We talk about this doing even Battle for the Olympia. I would love to do some sort of build up 10 weeks out, visit each athlete, and be able to do something like that. And I would love to spearhead a project like that. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Do you listen to other podcasts? If so, who? I, I do. Um, I do listen. It's mostly MMA. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I listen to MMA. Um, if you ask me what I listened to uh, this past week, I listened to the Dan Blazarian one on um, on Derek's and channel. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I listen to Nick's Strength and Power sometimes on Bodybuilding News. I tune into Fuad's podcast sometimes just to catch a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, I listen to some of the uh, – li- I'm watching a lot on NFTs right now, um, digital stuff. And then, uh, you know, I know you have a couple you listen I, I li- to. I, I listen to certain guests on Patrick B. David, yeah. like Daniel D. Martino Booth, any financial people. I, I listen to that. And I listen to Peter Schiff. Like yeah. every, pretty much every day. Yeah, I've watched some of his stuff. Some, too. Sometimes Joe Rogan. Um, I'll every once in a while, some something will happen in our industry, and they'll talk about it on a podcast, and someone will say, "Hey, did you hear this?" And they'll send me the moment, and I'll listen to it for five or yeah, ten minutes. Yeah, I, I don't have a consistent one. So if you ask me consistently what plays at my house, mostly MMA news, like who's fighting and what's coming up, since there's some action every week, and there's always seems to be like some sort of controversial. People going back and forth. I, I I think that's enjoyable for me. Hey Jay, any cool stories about Branch Warren? Yeah, so I, I you know I competed with Branch as a teenager in uh, you know ninety ninety three nationals, and he was a super quiet guy. And I remember you know he beat me in the overall, and you know he said oh we should link up or whatever, and it was just small conversation. And then you know he went to the nationals the year I turned pro in ninety six. He didn't do as well, and we kind of you know saw each other through the years. Then we're under muscle tech and, you know, I got to visit with him more often. And, uh, you know, I always respect his work ethic. Mm -hmm. Um, and what surprised me is like, I admire a lot about branch Warren because he seems to have, um, more, uh, he has a lot of activities he does besides the bodybuilding thing, right? He's got his hands and you, yeah, he, he's a, he has business and, you know, he's one of these guys I really respect. I loved, you know, when they, they did the feature in Generation Iron on him and his home and the horses and all that stuff. Um, but he's, 
you know, one of these guys that I enjoy spending time with when we see yeah. each other on the road because he's just a quiet guy, but when he speaks, you want to listen because he doesn't say anything out of context. Like, he, he never tries to show off or no. it's never an ego thing. Where you would be kind of surprised because the way he trains is very uh, ballistic and a very um, aggressive. aggressive yeah. So you, you kind of would be like, oh, he's an aggressive guy, but he's actually so, like, down to earth and chill. Um, so I love having the conversations with him. Um, not necessarily major stories. I mean, I've watched him train and just, it's unbelievable what him and Johnny Jackson have done. And, yeah. you know, he kind of like, I feel like Ronnie Coleman set the standard in Metroflex and Branch kind of took over from yeah. there. And, you know, he used to tell me, you know, well, I, I was in the gym training. I can't imagine Branch Warren, uh, Johnny, and Ronnie. Johnny Jackson and Ronnie Coleman in the same gym training. Can you imagine the weights and the noise and the, that would be like that should have been like on a video they for sure. Yeah, but I what I always wondered is why Ronnie didn't train with those guys. Like, just do some a collab. I don't know. That's a good question. So, Branch, I'm asking you um, why why wasn't there a collab on there? I think that yeah, was you cool. know you know just thinking of so you and him competed as teens. What was that like then in '09 when it was just you and him? Yeah, it was like, a, it was amazing. You had to look at him and think. And yeah, 25 but I, years I just ago, wonder, you know, I wonder now because he looked his best that year. And I mean, leapfrog Dexter, who won the year prior. And I know he was probably thinking, shit, I got Jay, you know. And I know I see some talk out there with fans saying you should have beat Jay Cutler and, you know, whatever. I, I won the title that year. But and I don't think he should have won. But I'm sure like he's probably looking at like, damn, you know, I, I had that opportunity. Oh, yeah, Maybe like, he, it off. he could have been Mr. Olympia, so he's like, it's kind of like the Victor Martinez thing, you know, like, he was second that one year to me, and, you know, and a lot of people thought, oh, it could have gone either way, where, you know, 09 was my best that I had been in, since, in a long time, so it's really hard to say, well, Jay didn't deserve it, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he he was a great competitor, man, and for a guy with, with subpar, what they claim genetics, which I still think is amazing genetics, because anyone at that level does, but just structure, meaning like he was a little shorter and whatever else than some of the guys that were Mr. Olympia 59510. He was a little, you know, 57 or whatever. I think, you know, f he did amazing things for his physique. He, he, he always got, came in. He got out every last and he injured. He got, got. Yeah, he got injured all the time and he still came back. But he I never mean, got guy, injured in the gym. The guy <laughs> tore his quad and he was back competing six months and later he won and won. Arnold. It's yeah. fucking unbelievable. So, question at 36, I'd like to do my first show as an as a natural in 2022, what advice would you give for a natural who is not enhanced who also raises a family? You know, I think, I think, you know, listen, the, the selfishness of bodybuilding is, is something we talk about a lot. It's necessary yeah. to be great, but definitely being natural, you have to pay more particular with the diet, the training, the sleep, then, you know, we talk about recovery. And I think when you talk about enhancement stuff, it's going to help with recovery. It's going to help with, shuttling nutrients it's going to help with it's just going to speed up everything right it's going to actually i think speed up metabolism where when naturally you have to rely a little bit more on the consistency of it how in depth you know learning you're paying more uh, particular attention but i think for a natural guy sometimes you die a little longer you diet a little harder mm -hmm. um you maybe not train as hard but more consistent so you know you just have to watch your limitations uh, but you definitely have to have that dedication, but you still have to have that balance because, you know, it sounds like, and I, I'm I'm just going to be blunt. I mean, being naturally, natural, it's going to be hard to go beat Big Rami at the Mr. Olympia, right? Yeah. Um, not to say that you can't get a pro card being natural. 
Um, and there's so many divisions now. If this was 20 years ago and it was only bodybuilding, and you said, I want to win the Mr. Olympia natural in bodybuilding, I'd say it's it's going to be difficult, right? I'm, I'm going to be honest about that. Yeah. I don't care. So uh, I would just say like a little more effort, um, in particular, more journaling, uh, but having that balance. But definitely, definitely need the support around you. So the family has to be understanding with it. What's both of your favorite Christmas movies? Um, well, it says both. I, I, I would say Home Alone and Die Hard. Do you think consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? Of course. Okay. Yeah, because it was, it was on Christmas right, Eve. So I would it? say, yeah, I would say Die Hard was my favorite movie of all time. It's in my theater room as yeah. a poster. Loved Bruce Willis in that, you know. I would put Bruce Willis up there, you know, behind Arnold and Stallone and uh, Van Damme as like my yeah. my heroes against the villains, you know. Um, but Home Alone just puts me in a good mood. We talk about those feel good movies, mm-hmm. and Home Alone definitely is. You know, you got two different ones. Now. I think I don't know if there was a Home Alone three if it was relevant. There was, or not. but it wasn't okay. Macaulay Culkin. Okay, so so Home Alone one and two definitely. Uh, it's have I watched those every single Christmas? Absolutely. All three of those I've watched. Nothing else. Um, so if you said, "All right, what else is there?" There's other ones too. But see, for those... me, it's for me, it's it's Christmas Vacation. Okay, with cousin Eddie. Oh, I watched this. <laughs> you yeah, have yeah. to watch that one. And Home Alone's always up there. Mm-hmm. But I always like watching Bad Santa the last okay. like five years because he's a total disaster. That's your see. You like that kind of like like just stupid comedy. Yeah, I, you, yeah. that's that's. No, I mean, I still watch Christmas Story. I still watch Die Hard. You have to, yeah. you know. But on a different tip, so. You mentioned three of your heroes, Arnold, Stallone, and Bruce Willis. Did you ever meet Bruce? No. I actually met him in high school. Really? His, him and Demi Moore had a house north of where I lived in uh, Wisconsin. Okay. And I was a bartender, and he, they used to come in when I was 18. And they would come in every once in a while. And then I used to see uh, Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen would come in. Yeah. yeah, you'd see them up there. I saw Bruce, Bruce Willis with his daughter, Rumor, mm-hmm. shopping for furniture in uh, Culver City one time. Really? Yeah, they were in the same. They were like over shopping, and I didn't want to bother them, you know? Yeah. But I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Who has the best physique that never won an Olympia in any division? Uh, I'm going to talk about bodybuilding because that's my what I follow. Levron, uh, Sean Ray, Flex Wheeler. I'm going to say Nasser, too. Nasser... If, if you took those four at their peaks, who would win? Of those four that you just named. If they were all. It's hard, dude, because Kevin and Sean were both second. Like, Sean Ray was unbelievable, dude, when he was, like, on. Kevin was great. But I felt that, I felt Sean was more complete. But I think Wheeler probably. Yeah. Like, in 93, Wheeler was pretty incredible, right? He was, like, what, 220 or something like that? Yeah, 215, I think, or something. He was was low. See, I I have a different. I mean, I would say Flex Wheeler, but in. I still think Candace Lewis has. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a different and, and I think it's a travesty she never won. Because in my opinion, she's the most flawless female physique to ever walk across the stage. And she got second, I think, three or four times. Yeah. And there's, I just, Who is she second to? Latoria. Okay. And Sydney. Okay. And uh, Nicole Wilkins, I think. So she was just always right there. She'd win the Arnold, and then she'd get second at the Olympia. Yeah. She'd win the Arnold, second. And it was, it was just back and forth and back and forth. But I think Flex Wheeler and Open. And yeah, listen, I, I mean. There's not enough history. Kai Green was pretty good, too. Yeah, he could be up there. I, I didn't think about Kai Green. He could have pulled it off in 14 when Phil if, had the first. It, but he, if he would have stayed with it, Kai Green would have won the Olympia. Oh, for sure. It's too late now, but. 
he he could have done it. He like, just think of the year that 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 you know Roden won. He could have yeah. potentially won that year. He could have beat Phil in those later years. Yeah. He had enough to beat him. You know, and now you still see you still see him, and he's still as big as he is. And you're like, man, well, you know, just imagine if he would have went down in history yeah. as, as getting an Olympia. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean. Dexter Jackson also, like, he won the Olympia, but I think that, like, he was so consistent, right? I yeah. mean, I mean, I, I just hate leaving him out of the talk of, like, GOAT status. I mean, if you go by resume, I mean... He's the best ever, you know? Yeah, the most wins, and he won I, I think he gets overlooked a lot because, you know, Ronnie obviously won eight, and Haney won eight, and, you know, Doreen, you know, Arnold won seven, Doreen won six. You know, but the fact I, that he got one at his size during the time of the yeah, Mass Monsters. Seven. So I just think that Dexter, you know, should never be left out of the top uh, Mr. Olympia. I would put him, I wouldn't even consider myself as uh, as important on that top as Dexter Jackson is. Ronnie, probably him. Yeah, I mean, Ronnie and Phil. And, I mean, you got to look at, number one, the records, right? So it's like, it's like Ronnie... Uh, Lee Haney, uh, Arnold, Arnold, Phil, Phil Dorian, Dorian, and then you. I mean me, but I, I mean Dexter. I think should be in there, even with one win. I mean he should yeah. be somewhere in that, that namesake. I mean, no, he should in the top. Three, yeah. I think in the top three of all time, he should be there, just because of the consistency yeah. and the fact that he legit won every possible major show. There it's is. kind of funny because I just like as we were going through this, I like. I, there's a few people I want to have on the podcast. Number one's Flex Wheeler. He's here. Yep. Um, I would love to get Dexter because he comes. His his daughter's here, and Kai Green would be amazing too. To, you know, kind of. Of course. I want to be like that's Dude. something I wanted to say. Like in this in this particular podcast, I want yeah. people to list who they want us to have on here because we got a couple we got a couple guests and and the difference between. This podcast and a lot of other ones, we're not just going to zero in just on bodybuilders mm. because there's a lot of people that bring a lot to the table that are still in the in the fitness realm. I mean, our first you know person was Brian Shaw. He's not a bodybuilder, yeah. but he's still part of the the fitness family. So, we'll, if there's someone that you think we should have on there, you know, comment below and and let us know, and we'll do our best to get. We'll definitely get more. people Yeah, we on kind the of show. been going back and forth with like. You know, a lot of the podcasts, because of the times and everything, is like we always wanted to have in-person guests. Yeah. And I think we're going to stick to that. So every time I, I talk about doing a podcast, even to my friends or whatever, they're like, oh, who you have on? And I'm like, you know, we just, we're limiting who we have on because we want we want it to be. Um, Authentic. I, I just think, yeah, when yeah. someone's in person and you kind of, you get their reactions a little more. Yeah. Um. I hate Zooms. I hate all that stuff. Like, I do a lot of podcasts like that, but I just think that, you know, when people are in person, we, we kind of wait for the opportunity. And, and, you know, unlike a lot of these things, like, this is just, uh, like, it's, a, it's a, a thing we decided to do just because we have a lot of conversations amongst ourselves that yeah. we list, well, we should have got this on film, right? Yeah. Uh, and, like, we're trending great, but our goal is, you know, obviously to build up a following on this just to build interest. But we want to talk about topics that people want to hear. Yeah. And uh, I know on my core is the fitness side, but I hope that we can bring in some relative people. We talk about financial people. We want to financial do, we want to talk a lot about, you know, the NFTs and, and the crypto stuff, but I'm just not as well versed with it that yeah. I don't, I never will speak on something that I don't know. Yeah. 
So I want to ask the questions, you know, because, you know, people talk a lot that don't really know the in-depth of it. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the metaverse. I mean, I just met with my financial advisor. He talked about the metaverse and NFTs, and he thought, you know, hey, your your opportunity is is great in these areas, and I'm just learning more. I try to read yeah. up on it and, and converse with people, and I think yeah. – the best thing for me is the conversations. And I think yeah. that's what we're going to focus on for uh, 2022. Yeah. And uh, maybe, you know, I, it's great because we'll be able to learn some more stuff too. Yeah. It's, I think it's good when you get someone on that has a certain skill set or a certain knowledge that you want to learn because then you're, it's not just you're talking with a friend yeah. or something, you're actually learning it. And if we're learning something, this is stuff that other people we are need to get Peter well. Schiff on the. No, I, you know, I told you, I, I reached out to him yeah. and Peter Schiff, if we ever go to, I don't know if he's coming to Vegas anytime soon, but he's like, yeah, if you guys come down to. So uh, I think, I think what, 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 what we Puerto may Rico. try to do is, is do mobile, some yeah. mobile stuff. And J-Mac, you want to go travel? Nah, he, he loves Vegas. He's want to go to Yeah. <laughs> he wants to go to Utah, <laughs> but no, that, I mean, that would be a, that would actually be a cool, a cool podcast to go down to Puerto Rico and actually go sit around and learn about yeah. the, the tax break benefits of we moving to Puerto Rico. Lot, yeah. And who better than the guy that's the forefront worldwide to promote that area? And he's also you know, a well-known financial guy. So that could be a cool podcast, set it up down there and, and do something a little different. But he would be real good to have on there. Yeah, so make sure you guys comment. Make sure you guys uh, ask the questions. We do need our, our common questions. We'll get back at it next week. And, um, you know, for uh, episode 18, you know, we... Would love you guys to subscribe, like, follow, share, uh, but more importantly, comment on uh, what yeah. you guys would love. And thank to see. you, everyone, for listening so far. Yeah, happy 2022, yeah. guys! And uh, I don't know Be when safe. This, I don't know when this is going to launch, but I don't know. It's up to J Mac. We'll okay. get we'll get up today. Okay, so all the best, guys. Um, welcome. Uh, it's it's the first uh, upon us, and uh, let's crush it for 2022. We're out. <laughs>